hello everyone and welcome to Jim Was Cancelled, a Buffy podcast. I am Jess. And I am Stosh. And today we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episodes 21 and 22, Becoming Part 1 and Part 2. Becoming. Before we get started, Stosh, do you have any clarifications or corrections you'd like to make? I have two. The first one is that I remembered the joke I was going to make last time. Okay. And that was that Mandalorian season three is over, so I can finally shake off this mortal coil. Yes, you can die, <laughs> and there will be nothing to make you become a poltergeist. Yep. <laughs> and then the other one is actually for our guest this episode, your husband. Yes. Hi, Dean. Welcome. Hello. We have a question for you. Uh-oh. Uh, when you were at swim practice in high school, were people allowed to just come watch? Yeah. Okay. There weren't, like, private practices? No. I mean, maybe if we had been a good team. <laughs> but it's not It's not like football where, oh, now they know your strategy. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> like, oh, it's, he's that fast. All right. Well, the reason we ask is because Buffy and Willow were sitting in the bleachers and they were eating popcorn and we were like, I guess this is swim practice, but we don't remember. We were like... Were people allowed to go watch swim practice? And so we just weren't sure. They would definitely be noticed. Nobody came to watch swim practice. Well, in, that didn't happen. In the episode, there were a bunch of people. Yeah, it was bleachers. like a bunch of people in the bleachers watching swim practice go yeah, on. That's, also, that's ridiculous. That'd be one of the most boring things ever. Yeah. Cordelia was like a huge part of that scene, so it's weird you left her out of the list. Oh, well, Buffy and Willow were the ones eating the popcorn. Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> I was thinking about the popcorn. <laughs> Not the scene. They, the swim team was on their way to the championship. Do you feel like people would have come to watch you guys practice no. if you were champions? You're you're watching people go up and down the lanes in silence. Like it's it's not fun. How aggressive was your coach? Not very aggressive. Not like the typical sports coach you see on TV. You don't need as much aggression to swim. That's fair. Did you ever have to go get into a steam room that had steroid drugs in it, in the steam? No. No, in fact, we didn't have a steam room. <laughs> that seems like quite the luxury. <laughs> All right. Yeah, welcome to California. I mean, they were, like, on their way to the championships. They were. And, like, even the principal cared enough to get, yeah. do some scummy yeah. shit, so. Yeah. There was at least one school we played against that always had a really good team. So maybe, maybe maybe they're out there. Maybe it was the steam room. Yeah, it made them strong. Yeah. <laughs> Good Sunnydale, swimmers. <laughs> Sunnydale High School did have their own pool at the school, which we did not. So that's, you know, another yeah. problem. Yeah, it helps a little bit, but... Something tells me that school was good because they practiced every day for like an hour longer than we did. I think that they were good because their coach put a bunch of steroids in the steam room. I think we're talking about different teams. Probably. <laughs> Anyway, was that the only other clarification or correction you had? Yeah. I didn't have any, so... I, I have one. Last time, we were talking about whether or not Giles would be arrested in the situation where Jenny's found at his home, or at least brought to the station. Yeah. And I think I, I st stuck on that for longer than I needed to. I think yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I, was, I think I just wanted to win. That's fair. Yeah. I could see that. It's good that you can and, admit it now. And I will take my prize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is that it? You ready to get to the summary? 
Yeah, your prize, just so you know, is you get to cover five more seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to do that anyway. Are you ready to get to the summary? Yeah, let's launch into the summary. So we start out with a flashback to 1753. I was so mad. Why? Because the subtitles covered the year. Oh. And so, like, I saw, like, the outline of, like... Each of the year. years? Yeah. No, I saw the rest of them. It was oh. just that one, but Angel was talking or whoever. Oh, yeah. And so the subtitles just covered it, and, then, like, I saw their 1700s garb and was like, I see what's happening here. But yeah. I was just irritated that I didn't get the year. <laughs> or location. Did it say where they were? I don't think so. I think in that situation it was just the year. But I think it's supposed to be Ireland. Yeah, that makes sense. His accent was kind of... Yeah, His accent was fucking weird. I think it was not well done, not do really. a very good but... Irish accent. Well, I think that they like got to that point and they were like, oh, there's no way that Angelus would have an American accent when he was a human. So we have to come up with some sort of accent... And they were like, David, let's try out a couple. And they were like, that one sucks the least. He was like, I can do old time English, kind of. <laughs> like, Almost. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Does that make sense for 1700s Ireland? He was I have like, no idea. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> probably Joss Whedon was like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but we get to see Darla turn Angel into a vampire. We sure did. That was fun. I liked that. I did. I was surprised by how much of like a go-getter Angel was as a human. I think it's because like he's so reserved when he has a soul as a vampire. Yeah. Like he's like he's just like real quiet and creepy a lot of the time. So when like he was all drunk and like I'm gonna go hit on this chick, I was like, dang, that's not. Yeah. yeah doesn't seem like him. It's very interesting because there's there's like three different beings. There's human Angel. There's soulless vampire Angel, and then there's sold vampire angel yeah and they're all completely different beings yeah definitely i think i think there's an argument to be made that insold angel is the same guy just with trauma with a shitload of trauma and guilt yeah it makes you it makes him serious but you can see how the guy who was human angel without his soul just becomes this incredibly evil go-getting guy no, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I just was surprised to see it. Yeah. And then my other note here just says, dang, get that titty blood. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering how she cut herself, because I don't think she used her nail. She just, like, dragged the flat of her finger across her chest. I feel like that's just a thing vampires can do. Yeah, I, feel like I don't we've know. Seen Just choose to bleed? Uh, no, like, make incisions with the side of yeah. their finger. I think we've seen them do that yeah. in other episodes, too. They could commit so much insurance fraud. Could and should. <laughs> and I didn't write this down, but I just think it's important. The reason that I especially wanted to do this one as a two-parter in one episode is because in that flashback, Darla says, close your eyes, and that comes up again later, right before she turns in. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So <laughs> now we're at the graveyard. Yeah, then it's just a present day, and it, it shows Angela stalking Buffy. And she's just killing some vampires. So there was like a headstone in like the center of the view. I couldn't read it from here. I didn't even try to read it. I did, but not enough to like get up or closer to my TV. Yeah, I just, I think the important part of that 
scene was just Buffy being like, I'm done waiting. I feel I need to make an obligatory honing joke. Yes. <laughs> Once again. It's true. True, true, true. Um, that's all I have to say on that, though. It's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and then it's like the credits, and it switches to... Giles chilling with some archaeologists. Yeah, there's a there's a relic that Giles needs to examine. Did they say where they got it? They found it. There were, like, housing developments that they were trying to build, and they found it somewhere. I don't know. All right. Giles was like, you haven't opened it, right? And he was like, no. And Giles was like, you should wait. And he was like, oh, you don't want to be surprised? And I didn't know what was in there, but in my head I was like, picturing like a bunch of live scorpions jumping out at him when they opened it. And I was like, that'd be surprising, bitch. (laughs) Haven't you seen the mummy? Yeah, right? (laughs) Probably not. Was that out yet in 98? (laughs) But yeah, then it switches to Xander reenacting the patrolling mission at lunch with his fish sticks. The whole gang is there. Yeah, everybody's there. And Meaning Snyder. Oz and Cordelia, yeah. the two people who are sometimes absent. Right. Sometimes not in the gang. Yeah. yeah. And then Snyder shows up and is just a fucking asshole. Yeah. That guy's a mean word. Can I say I'd rather you didn't, but... He's a C word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he shows up and he's all mad at PDA. Yeah. And, and then... Uh, did anything else happen in that scene? Not really. Or? Then just switches to another flashback. 1860. Yes, and we see... and. Angelus tortured Drusilla as a human. I mean, we at least saw him fuck with her for a minute. Yeah. I, I was very surprised to learn she had her powers before becoming a vampire. It was very interesting. And I, I liked that that I liked that little glimpse into her like I did too. I was just surprised by it because I was like, she just has weird vampire powers, and then I was like, Oh, she just has weird powers. And Angel was fucking cold, just, like, telling her she's, like, a devil child and <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, he's messing with her, brutal. like, really hard. No wonder she's insane now, you know? Yeah, but that's all we really see of it. Um, also, yeah. I don't... Did we know she was English? Because that was in London. I mean, I think she has, like, a sort of British accent. Yeah, but I, like... I just could never tell if she was doing, like, a British accent or, like, some vampire character decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I can't tell. I'm so bad at accents. I yeah. didn't even know she had one. Well, she, like, talks really unique regardless of accent, right? Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's harder to pick up on with her. As opposed to, like, Kendra, who makes it her whole character decision. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Kendra? Yeah. The vampire slayer. Then it goes back to present day. And I wrote more of Angelus messing with Spike. But if we're being real honest, I don't feel like he was that mean to spike in that episode no he was so toned down from the previous episodes like it he was just like real into drusilla and it just felt like really weird but i guess it felt like they'd just driven the point home enough to where they didn't need to do it anymore yeah Yeah, exactly but like drusilla senses the mysterious relic that's been found she senses it by seeing it in the newspaper yeah (laughs) pretty much and then it switches to buffy studying and willow being a good good tutor slash teacher. And then Buffy apparently has deja vu powers. Yes. Because, like, there's no way, like, that's not some sort of power leading her there, right? Yeah. No, I think it was some sort of, like, mystical thing. And, and they find the floppy disk. Yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was going to happen this episode. I was really fucking hopeful anyway, <laughs> I, but I would I not wa- be surprised for Joss Whedon to make the writing decision that like that just went nowhere. Yeah. How wild would that be? Yeah. Just 
we're going to foreshadow this huge thing yeah. and not use it. I, I 100% <laughs> could see that happening. So then, if neither of you have anything to say on that, we go back to 1898. Yeah, another flashback to Angel getting it. And this one is Angel getting his soul. Didn't we see exactly a similar flashback years ago. already in season two? Mm, no, I don't believe so. I think this is actually our first episode with flashbacks, isn't it? I'm thinking maybe I just, you like watch this episode sometime while during recording for season two. And I was like also there. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Um, this is the first flashback episode we've had, isn't it? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, he got his soul back exactly 100 years ago, right? Because it's yeah. 1998 now. Yeah. I was surprised to learn that. But so then it switches back to present day again. And Buffy and Willow are telling Giles about what Jenny did and how she found a restoration spell. And they're all like a little bit in shock about it. And Willow's been studying the dark arts. And Xander doesn't care about Angel getting his soul back. Yeah, but I think he kind of has a point here. Yeah, like, I can't blame him. It's not, like, I don't feel like it's all just, I don't like Angel, I don't want it to happen. Like, he's been out here killing their friends. Like, yeah. yeah, people have literally died. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, a, a, this was, like, kind of a point of conflict within me watching this whole episode. Mm-hmm. was, like, if he does get his soul back and, like, just join the gang again, like, how do you... How, yeah, how do you how do, ever forgive him? Yeah. Like, especially, like, with things he does in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, how could you ever? Exactly. Like, there's no way the dynamic's ever going to be okay again. Yep. But, like, at the same time, like, it's on a hero to save people before killing them, right? Like, that's always, like, yeah. the Maybe, end of a but, superhero movie. But I can't blame, blame Xander for not realizing no. that he's in a superhero show. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I don't blame him at all for the way he feels. Yeah. I'm just... Giving a counterpoint. Yeah, I see both ways, def for sure. Where yeah. it's like, I guess you wanting to save him, especially if you're Buffy and you you love Angel. But Xander's thinking real logically. Hey, let's maybe kill the killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it switches to Drusilla and Angelus stealing the relic. Yeah, just fucking killing this archaeologist. Yes, his name was Doug. Oh, he did get a name. He introduced himself to Giles. Damn, poor Doug. And then Willow calls Angel something on the phone. She calls, no, she calls Xander, Xander something, something on, on the phone, phone, which we don't know what it is, but it's probably not a nice word. I, I don't have a guess. I can't. <laughs> I can't think of a slur for a man that was prevalent in the '90s that they wouldn't put on TV. I don't think it's about that. I think it's about Willow saying it. What What word could it have been though? I don't know. Like I'm thinking, like asshole or. I just, I don't know, I guess maybe you could be shocked if you heard Willow say asshole. Like, Willow specifically is who we're surprised about, I that's think. What if she just said dick? Possible. That, that's also possible. I would just, Buffy's reaction was what made me be like, what word could she have said? <laughs> <laughs> and then Buffy's just, like, getting stuff out and putting it in her bag, getting ready to patrol, and she finds the clotter ring that Angel gave her on her birthday. I completely missed that. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's why she like she's like on the phone with Willow and she like gets really sad and then they like hyperfixate on it for a couple of minutes. And she's just like holding it, looking at it. Apparently I just blacked out for oh. that. 
I guess I like now that you've said it, I can vaguely remember her holding a ring. Yeah, but you but, didn't like make the connection. Yeah. But then she's out walking, and who does she run into? Kendra. Kendra. To really emphasize the whole gang being back. Yes. Uh, and basically Kendra's like, hey, there's a really bad demon guy coming. And it switches to Angelus filling Spike and the audience in on who Akathla is. And I said... Hopefully this Akalta is more impressive than the no weapon forged guy. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, I think, yeah. I think he was foiled just as easily, but I don't think the amount of setup for it led to as much disappointment. Yeah. Okay. Personally. I, I don't think he was foiled as easily. Well. You don't think which one was foiled as easily? Akathla. Okay. I think Akathla's foil was much more devastating. I think that you're forgetting the big-ass fight that preceded it. Yeah. That's true, I guess. Well, and, like, it it did, it started to do what it was promised to do. Yeah. Like, it opened a portal to hell. We just had the key to close it already. It's not like, I don't remember that other guy's name even. The judge? The judge. And, like... Like, it felt like if he was awakened, everything was going to end immediately. And, like, it got, he was, like, the butt of their jokes <laughs> ten minutes in. He was the butt of Angel's jokes, at least. Yeah. And Jealous's jokes. Yeah. It just wasn't... He just wasn't ever intimidating once he was alive. That's yeah. true. Anyway, I didn't have anything else to say on that. I just... I was yeah. like, this better live up to the hype in the that's, way that I was let down before. Yeah, that's fine. Hopefully it was a little bit better on that it front. It was a lot better for me, personally. So they're, then they switch to the library. There's a lot of switching back and forth, I feel like, in the especially in the, the first episode. Becoming part one just felt like a very big setup episode, I feel like. I spent the first, like, 20 minutes having a hard time writing down notes and stuff because I felt like it was a lot of plot setup. That's funny. I had an easier time while they were doing a bunch of plot setup, and then as plot started happening, my notes started to trickle more. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have a lot more episode one notes. Anyway, so Kendra just, like, has an enchanted sword. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Buffy decides that Willow should do the curse and try to get Angel's soul back. Yeah, okay, hold on. Also, we learn that Giles has been using an orb of... Thessala. Thessala as a... As a paperweight. Which was a callback to the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, also, if Jenny knew he had that, she probably wouldn't have died, right? She would never have gone to the magic shop. Yeah, that's where they found out her plan. They would have never tracked her down. I never thought about that, but had she been paying attention to what he had at all? Had she filled him in on what she was trying to do? Yeah. Sure. She would have lived. There's a lot. It's not like anyone's at fault. It's just like Yeah, no, it just sucks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, like it, like if one slight thing changed, she would have lived and fortunately, succeeded. Fortunately, they don't know that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Giles doesn't need but that I on do. his head. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> My heart hurts. Yeah. Well, we talked about the fact that like had she just told Giles from the beginning what she was like trying to accomplish, like Buffy maybe would have been there to help like protect her and keep like stuff going or whatever it is that like Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, it no, sucks. I get it. It does suck. But so, but the the part about Giles having used it as a paperweight was an immediate callback to how the shop owner told 
Jenny Calendar that he sold a bunch of them as paperweights in the episode. And I really like I love that little like little nod to that episode. I just think it's super fun. I was more mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fair. So then we go to 1996, unless I missed something. Well, then no, it, I guess it starts with Angelus trying to, like, summon a Kothla, but in the middle of him summoning a Kothla, it's, it flashbacks to. Okay. But so yeah. So yes, it switches to nineteen ninety six. Yeah, we get to see homeless Angel. <laughs> yeah. So he spent ninety eight years as just a homeless wreck. Like he looks yeah. like shit. Yeah. yeah. Like that's insane. I thought maybe he'd been cleaned up for like at least 20 years by the start of this show nope not a week like yeah nope. he's like full-on just spent a, a, a century just feeling in, sorry for in, yeah in misery over being yeah. such a piece of shit and so and this kind of that was very important to me because we talked about a lot about how he was like emotionally stunted so even though he's like 241 years old he spent 90 years being ridiculous not 90 years probably like 80 years being ridiculously evil and then he spent a hundred years being ridiculously depressed and like cut off from anything and just like living off rats and feeling sorry for himself hold on we have the we have the exact numbers here it was 1753 1753 to so 145 years? I'm just going to calculate it. But like a century and a half of slaughter. Yeah. And then 100 years of being of feeling sad for yourself. Yeah. And we don't know how old he was when he was turned. Like, I don't know. 145. Yeah, we do. We know what year he was born and we know what year he was turned. What year was he born? I don't remember, but I know we've talked about it before. We learned the year he was born back in... Season one, because I commented on him, or we know his his exact age, and we calculated out what year he was born. Oh yeah, he, well he said like two hundred and forty years. It, he, I don't remember what his age is in the show. I just know we talked about it in season one and figured it out. Hmm. So we can definitely figure it out, but that's it's way fucking back there. I mean, it had to have been an angel, right? Probably. Angel says he was born in 1727. That's yeah. what, is that what Google said? Yeah, Buffy.fandom.com. 27. So he was 25. He was sired by Darla in 1753. Yep, that tracks with what we yeah. talked about. So he was 25. So there we go. 26. He was 26 when he was sired. And so he's so, a 26-year-old dating a 16-year-old. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> Let that sink in. There's no way for this math to work out. I know. But it was clear in his, like, in that little mini flashback with Darla, it was clear that he was, like, a juvenile still. Because he was talking about how, like, he wouldn't do anything other than an honest day's work, and he was living off his father's money, and, like, he was super immature, for a 26-year-old, even in, like, the 1700s. I just, I don't know. I'm. We've talked a lot about how Angel was emotionally stunted, and I think that it tracks with everything that we're learning about him in this episode, is all I'm saying. Oh, You're yeah, saying he true. was a 26-year-old who never had to grow up. Exactly. 
and then he turned super evil and then he turned super depressed he was essentially a homeless guy for 80 plus years living off rats occasionally okay 98 years i'm still gonna say 100 that's fine you can that's fine and then yeah and so then it, it shows that him meeting whistler who i was a hundred percent convinced this dude was gonna be the previous slayer i don't know if we know the previous slayer already but well slayers can only be women they can I didn't know that. That is the truth. I I'm thought, pretty sure. And I, I every generation, there's one girl. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. Okay, fair enough. I guess I didn't realize that was a stipulation. I thought we just happened to get girls this yeah. time and also this time. I can see why you would think that. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Like I, You I haven't agree. really had a, a yeah an insanely compelling reason not to think that. Yeah. But I can confirm that they're all women. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's I didn't know that going into this I mean, episode. Spoilers, so. but yeah, she's right. I guess. Then that's totally fine. I think that that's a fair assumption to figure out what it is like to like guess. Yeah. You well, because I knew it was the year that Buffy was gonna like be awakened as the Slayer, or whatever the phrasing should be. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe like Angel and this guy were gonna get into it, and Angel was gonna win, and then he was gonna like feel remorse and search out the next Slayer and. Try to atone for it or something. Yeah, that. I mean, that was an interesting guess. Uh, yeah, I, d- I did. I honestly all that think math. that might have been a better. I wasn't super compelled by the. Oh, the Whistler. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna oh, help yeah. her because she's a random teenager. Like. Yeah, that was a whatever. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, but we do get to see pre-Slayer Buffy. And I was wondering how much that uh, lines up with the movie. Because obviously it's a different actress, so they had to refilm it. Yeah. So. I do. I did think a lot about the movie in this episode because that would have been the same kind of like that was supposed to be the same time period yeah. as the movie. That yeah, was so. the school that where the gym got burned down. Yeah. So. And she was a mean girl instead of whatever she became after she became friends yeah. with Willow. <laughs> Which, like, we saw hints of in episode one. Right, exactly. But it was it was weird to see it, because I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot she used to be like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was, like, a preppy girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get to see her stake her first vampire ever. Also, we see that fucking ridiculous car Dean accidentally spoiled for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the painted-up car. We yeah. saw two it, of them in this. Yeah, but this is the first time we saw it. Yeah. I want to point but out it, that the sunlight rules <laughs> do not make sense in no, that it's, car. No, it's, it's nonsense. <laughs> but I definitely watched him like do that little drive, and I was like, what the fuck? And I'd forgotten. <laughs> he rolls down the me. window. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like how with like the windshield painted black like that? You cannot you, see. No, how would you And if you, you can anywhere? see, your eyeballs are on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's nonsense. I agree that it's a little bit of a, like, it, inconsistency. It's one of those things that we just overlook because the rest of this episode is so good. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fucking funny to see. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I was so blindsided, but I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> What did you think about Buffy missing the heart the first time she tries to stake a vampire? I thought it was funny. I definitely <laughs> chuckled. I, I thought that it was a clever like way of showing how like inexperienced she was yeah. then t- as a really good contrast for now. 
Because, like, obviously this is a huge angel episode and we get to see a lot of his past. But this flashback in particular was very huge for Buffy. Because then from there, it switches to her getting home and her mom yelling at her and then her listening to her parents fight and how, like, hard that is on her. Which, like, I feel like any child, whether they're a product of divorce or not, has probably, like, experienced that at some point. You know, like, hearing their parents fight. And being really Probably like, most people, yeah. hopefully, emotionally traumatized. That by said, that fight I think was... it's good to to see your parents fight, so long as they can work through the fight. Yeah, and you see that, like, oh, you can have disagreements and come to solutions, and you have that example. Yeah, I, I don't know that Buffy really had that. She did not. But no. instead, they got a divorce, and oh boy, did they not make it seem like her fault? I know, <laughs> like fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's kind of a callback to Nightmares and fake Hank telling her that it was her fault for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, but most children think it's their fault. Yeah. But like, that's such a good reason for her to think it's her fault. Yeah. Like you could assume either way she would think that without that fight happening. Yeah. I think there was enough context in there that you could infer that it's not her fault. Like her parents clearly were having issues with their communication yeah but i i mean they definitely made it seem like it was all about her which but yeah i mean that fight was clearly about buffy so i'm not trying to sit here and be like it's wrong what you're saying i just i think that there is a little bit of context in there that you could be like well they probably fight about a bunch of other things too i mean there you could probably make that assumption i don't know if there's any context in there to make you give you a reason to think that though yeah, I guess. Not that I'm trying to say it was Buffy's fault. I'm saying that it was a shitty director choice to make it seem like it was. Or like a shitty writing choice, maybe. Either one. Because, and I, I do want to just preface. Why, why, why would that be a shitty writing choice? Because they, made, they showed the, Buffy's parents having a really big argument about exclusively Buffy and her behavior. But I don't see how that's bad writing. I feel like that just puts extra like context for Buffy and her character. I feel like it was a reasonable thing, like realistically speaking, for for parents to argue about. I mean, I it agree. might be. I don't have kids, or or at least yeah. like a realistic type of argument that might happen, even if it's wrong for for that to be happening. So I just, I guess I have a hard time seeing where it's bad writing. It just seems like they're intentionally showing Buffy with this internalized issue. I think I just don't like the choice to make the argument about her. It might not be objectively bad as much as just not in my taste. Yeah. I mean, Hmm. I'll be real. I think that this particular scene really hit home for me because my parents fought a lot about how to raise children before they got divorced. They didn't get divorced because of me and my sister, but they had several disagreements on how we should be raised and how we should be disciplined and things like that. So it was a huge point of contention in their relationship. I mean, that's fair. I guess it, to me, it it seems consistent with Buffy's character. And- I agree. I guess in my head, it felt like they were trying to retroactively justify her paranoia of it being her fault that we saw in season one. And it just felt like that's not something we needed because it like, because it was believable the first time. 
See, I think what they were trying to do with that scene is they were trying to show Angel just how bad things were about to get for Buffy to really incentivize him to want to help her. That's fair. I guess that's just, that's what I took out of the scene and that's why it bothered me. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I think I liked that decision because I want to feel emotions watching the show and, and the worse you can make the character feel, the more likely I am to have some empathy for that. So I liked that it was just like this relentless thing for Buffy, like her, her whole life in every aspect was just completely uprooted and she had reasons to think to internalize that as her own fault and it, and it changed her because by the time she comes around in season one she's entirely different from that girl well and i'll be real like i can respect stosh deciding that he thinks it's a shitty directing choice or a shitty writing choice but still like it personally you know so i think it's yeah. just a matter of perspective and i think that it's totally fine if you decide you just don't like it even though we like it, you yeah, know? That's just, fine. I mean, it made you guys feel things, and it made me feel different things that I didn't like. So. Yeah. I mean, it didn't make it me didn't feel good. Yeah. No, 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 I know. <laughs> but, like, you appreciated the way the art form was art form was giving yeah. you empathy. It didn't give me empathy. It took me out of it. Really? Yeah. Like, I, like, it felt unrealistic to me. And, like, it was like, it made me feel the same way I felt when I watched... Han Solo say, Chewbacca, that's too long. I'm going to call you Chewie. Like, you don't need to explain how someone got in it. Yeah. That's a way more egregious mm. example. Yeah. But it felt like the same way of me saying it's easy to imply why a child would feel like a divorce is her fault can be implied and you don't need to explicitly be shown the fight that makes her feel that way. That's what, that's the emotion I felt mm. watching that scene. And therefore I was like, I, this sucks. Like, Interesting. Yeah, so I think I see felt, where you're coming from. I definitely don't agree with you, but I, at least I can right. see like, and that's fine. You, like, I'm not trying to happen. You know, that happens to me all the time. I'm right. like, <laughs> this minor thing fucking popped me out of the show. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think you guys are wrong at all. I'm just expressing what the emotion it made me feel. Yeah, yeah. I think that's totally valid. But so basically, after watching all of that go down. Angel decides he really wants to help this girl and Buffy essentially changes his life and puts him on a path to becoming like an actual person. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I mean, honestly most people are people, but well, yeah, but it, he wasn't just being a homeless person. He was being like cut off from society, not Going anywhere near no, people. No. I, know. Like, I was just making a joke. Okay. Well, I didn't want it to seem like I was saying homeless yeah. people aren't no. people. No, I'm sorry. Sash thinks that it's a joke that homeless people are people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was taking you out of context for hyperbolic effect, which is a joke I make every day. <laughs> You've made it on this podcast several times. Every episode. <laughs> but I like that, though, because I do think, like, I get I get it. And Angel was 26, so I'm not trying to, like, justify the fact that their age gap isn't gross, because it is. Even if he wasn't 241 years old, a 26-year-old, dating a 16-year-old is gross, and I don't want to take away from that. However, I do like and appreciate the fact that, like, and you, I guess as men, I feel like you can tell me whether or not you agree with this, but I think that it is quite common for a teenage relationship like meeting a girl or a boy that you find 
sexually attractive and like are interested in to like kind of change the trajectory of how you like think and feel and act. Yeah, for sure. That feels very teenager to me. I think so. I fucking spaced out and I'm really sorry. (laughs) Do you think a teenager getting a crush will change how they think and feel and act? Oh, yeah. Like Angel seeing Buffy, it like changed his life being shown her and being like compelled to help her. It changed his entire trajectory of how he was living. I guess maybe I agreed too soon because I think that it like in this episode, it was presented in a pretty plastic. Hey, we need to get from A to B. Yeah. Way. I, I think, I think what you're saying, Jess is pretty accurate. I'm thinking about myself in like eighth grade. And as soon as I found a girl I liked, I was like, this is what I'm about. It's true. I'm not sure that it's super applicable to Angel, though. Right. I, that's my problem with the um, analogy here. Because I think... I just don't think he saw enough of her, I guess, to make as big of a life change as he did. I think where my head is at is that it it seems way more likely that he chose to do this not because he's like, oh, Buffy, and I have a crush now. And I'm basically a teenager, even though I'm 26 slash 240, whatever. I think it's just that he spent a century wallowing and it didn't help and it didn't make anything better. And now someone now that he has a chance to sit in it and he's bored of it. Now someone's offering him an opportunity to help him take some of that guilt and pain away. I agree. with that. And I I think that's where he's at is like. It's more it's more personally motivated at that point in the flashback, even yeah. though even though he needed to see Buffy and and have compassion for that to to make the switch. He's not doing it just to like impress Buffy. Buffy. He's doing it to give himself a sense of purpose. Yes. Well, I definitely didn't think he was doing it to impress Buffy. I thought he I kind of assumed he was doing it because seeing her compelled him to make this life choice. But I'm also fine with neither one of you agreeing with that decision. Well, I think that you can have your cake and eat it too. Because he can, you can say seeing her compelled him to make this life choice. But at the same time, he would, he, he had to be in a place where he could make that decision first. And I think that the 98 years is more of a factor than the moment. But both statements can still be true. I didn't have anything else to say on that flashback, though. I forgot we were still in that flashback. Okay. Because <laughs> then it switches back to the present, and Buffy's taking her finals, and a vampire shows up. I had problems with this, too. Because <laughs> it just shows with the, she just has, like, a hood on or something. <laughs> yeah, she's literally smoking from walking there in the sun, but was able to make it there in just a shawl. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're really giving vampires too much ability to move around in the day in this episode. Yeah, they just I don't assume s- they just dropped her off in their car. They might have. <laughs> I'm sure they did, but but, but the car still her face is completely exposed. Yeah, I don't disagree. I really yeah. don't. This is one of those things like you said in a previous episode, Dean, about how the show takes liberties with its magic system in order to like get the characters in a position that they want them yeah. to be in. I think I was talking about the action. Yeah. Uh, specifically, like, in a lot of shows, they're they're focused on this cool fight scene, and I think the judge is a really good, it might have been the one I was talking about, but it's a really good example of how this show will just 
just negate any expectation of of a cool fight scene in order to have some character development or to make a plot point happen or something. Yeah, I do think it was the judge when you yeah. talked about that. And, but so basically all that vampire was doing during finals was telling Buffy she needs to show up at the graveyard and, at dusk. So Buffy's like, I gotta go. And, and she did. Yeah, Kendra <laughs> gave her Mr. Pointy and she skipped off. I mean, that is adorable. Mr. Pointy. Yeah. I thought it was adorable. And then, Why are all of the stakes just broken pieces of wood? Even the named stake is just a broken piece of wood that's been also, polished a little bit. Here's my biggest problem with it, is we have seen fights where the stakes have been consumable. We have seen vampires get stabbed and the stake go away with the vampire. It that's doesn't true. always happen, but that's it does true. happen. And huh. I get mad every time. And one of them is in the intro sequence, and it yeah. drives me insane. Yeah. Every time I watch this That's show. nuts. I never noticed that. It's it's like the first clip they show in the opening credits. That's watch and you'll hate it too. Yeah. But yeah, so just the fact that she's been able to hold on to one long enough to name it and <laughs> right? and it hasn't gone away. <laughs> but so she goes to fight Angelus and the only thing I have written for that is it was a trap because I don't really feel like. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. Yeah. So they're starting their uh, ceremony, their their curse. Yeah. At the library. And I wrote, nice chucks, Willow. Because I called out <laughs> Buffy's last episode. Yes, nice. Both times I noticed when they were sitting on a table. Yeah, that's funny. And then vampires show up. I was like, dang, good thing there's another Slayer there. And then it turned out to not be a good thing there was another Slayer there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Drusilla kills Kendra. And also we learned that Drusilla has hypnosis powers. Yeah. I wrote down... Uh, Drusilla fights like the Emperor from Star Wars. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> you, you, you have to see it. I, I don't know how to describe this, but <laughs> she doesn't really fight. She just kind of like hand waves and wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what happened. I remember I was all excited to watch Drew and Kendra fight because I was like, this is going to be a cool fight scene. And then it like wasn't. <laughs> yeah, like they could have done some really cool choreography, but instead it, they just... It, it, they like kind of slapped each other's Drusilla hands. Drusilla just had like a stick up her ass the whole time. She doesn't like... Well, and she, she like... doesn't move. She yeah. just slits Kendra's throat and like doesn't drink from her or anything and just leaves. Right. I feel like that was... And she went through all the work to hypnotize her just to be able to slit her throat. Yeah, I it, felt like a little like wrong you were choking her. Like doesn't, you could have done that. Doesn't yeah. Spike say that Slayer blood's like the best too? Does he? I thought he said something like that. Uh, no. Oh. Maybe I just think Slayer blood's the best. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised. I didn't think they were gonna kill Kendra. Yep, no, I, but I they even, did. I was ready for the episode two fake out. Like, yeah. Oh, they got her to medical attention on time. No, sure enough. She like, did. People are just dropping this season. Yeah. There's actual stakes, and I like it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, it was, like, satisfying, especially because there was no narrative buildup to it. And, like, normally, like, that's not the best writing, but it's, it's like, similar to, like, Game of Thrones, right? Like, when they just kill Ned Stark. Yeah, like, Oh, shocking. shit, I didn't think they'd actually do it yet. Well, and the thing is, is they tried to, like, set that expectation with Jesse in season one, episode one. No, but as <laughs> you said, they didn't do a very good job of it. And so then you, like, get to season two and you just, like, have this false sense of security. So they immediately drop off Miss Calendar. Well, not immediately, but they later drop off Miss Calendar. Yeah, but even then there was still narrative buildup to that one. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they had a reason to kill her because she had a plot point that was going to help them win the fight. 
it, it was it was the first stepping stone to all of the horrible things that are about to happen to Buffy that causes her to feel like she has nothing left, which is a which was a major overarching theme for this but episode. I get what you're saying. It definitely was like out of the blue. It definitely of. came out of left field. Yeah. Um, so now we're on episode two. Well, so oh. Kendra died. Giles gets kidnapped, which is very important. And then Buffy arrives and the episode ends with a police officer holding a gun to her face. Yes. <laughs> and now we're on episode two. And it literally just immediately picks right back up right where it was. And Principal Snyder's a piece of crap. Yeah. My first note for episode two says, here comes Snyder to ruin everything as usual. Yeah, pretty much. Classic. Yeah. And then my note after that says, here come the police to ruin everything as usual. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy decides to make a run for it instead of, like, being arrested, essentially. Yeah. Which is a very bold decision to make. <laughs> it really is. Probably the right one, but... And then she goes to the hospital all incognito in a black beanie. I mean, they don't see her. I like how the description of her is a 16-year-old blonde, and she does not tuck all of her hair into the beanie. <laughs> well, she doesn't know. <laughs> That's true. It's an identifiable feature, That's true. but... She still should probably be yeah. tucking her hair in. But none of the cops notice is really where I'm at. Like They yeah. walk right by her and they just do not give a fuck. Yeah. But Xander is okay. Except his broken arm. Willow is not okay. She got a dent in the brain. Xander's broken arm was a shock to me too. Like it was a pretty brutal thing that they showed on screen. Yeah. And, and I was, I liked that. It was one of the combat <laughs> portions of the show that I think was like good. And Cordelia is okay. Yeah, because she just ran, which... No judgment here. Yeah. I get it. was it. the right call. Yeah. Yeah. As Buffy points out, like, and uh, Giles is missing. We know where he is. Yes. But they did not know. And I liked that. I liked the fact that it wasn't like they just automatically assumed that Giles got kidnapped. They all assumed that Giles got away. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciated that because I was like, why are they not freaking out about Giles being kidnapped? And then I was like, oh, we know that, but they don't. So it was an interesting Yeah, well, because they think that somehow Angel knew the curse ceremony was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, obviously there's no way he would have known. Yeah. So he has no idea what he was lucky enough to stop the first time. Yeah, he's just got fortunate. Then it switches to Buffy's mom being interrogated by the police. I'm just kind of thinking about the fact that Drew showed up to their, like, lair or whatever, and at no point was like, yeah, Angel, they were practicing some witchcraft in that library. (laughs) (laughs) She just doesn't say everything all the time. No, she's nuts. Like, that's the thing is she's crazy. So, like, even if she, like, unless she feels something, she just doesn't say anything. Yeah. Like, I feel like they just don't take her seriously, even if she does say something, unless they think she's got a vision. I mean, that's fair. Because she does say things like, I've named all of the stars. And Spike's like, you're inside and it's day. (laughs) So, like, they have a reason to not 100%. Yeah, but if she showed up and was like, they were practicing witchcraft, I feel like they would be like, well, what were they doing? (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I feel like it's in character for her to not say anything. I feel like an in character way for her to let them know something's going on is to be like, they had a shiny ball. That's true. True. (laughs) Um, I I think she's more self-centered enough to have not even noticed. Yeah. I think more the reason. Yeah. But it didn't come up. Yeah. I, I just thought it, I just think it's funny that she saw it happen and he doesn't even know. 
Yeah. I think it's plausible that she just doesn't, it doesn't click to her. Like she'll know exactly what's going on and, and what the outcome of it is, but it didn't happen. So it doesn't click to her that she needs to like worry. Yeah. To like let people know, like the connections just aren't made the same because she's fucking nuts. Well, and she's not completely all seeing of the future. As we find out later in this episode, she can be taken by surprise. So we cut to Buffy at Giles's. Yes. So Buffy's mom's getting interrogated by the police and that lasts like a half a second. And then Buffy goes to Giles's house to look for him. And the Whistler is there. I don't know if he's he's the Whistler or just Whistler. I think think he's he's Whistler. Whistler. Yeah. Whistler is there. Also, how does he know like everything? I mean, I'm sure we'll find out later, but I'm wondering. Well, Buffy says, what, are you some immortal being sent down by the heavens to balance good and evil? And he was like, boy, you're good. He said something like, like, that's a good guess. Uh, I thought he that's said funny. something like, you're spot on or something like that. But I, th- I think it was something that could be interpreted that way, but wasn't like literally interpretable that way. like. Or at least it could be interpreted as like, like, that's a good guess. Like, like you would do in uh, Family Feud, mm. even though you got a wrong answer. Like, good guess. Good. You know? Yeah. Good guess. Good guess. It's good answer. Good answer. It is but good answer. It's, it's the same premise. I get it. I just have to be a stickler for accuracy. That's why we're married. Yeah. But the point was, it just him like knowing Angel lost his soul and he was like, he was supposed to stop. Al- yeah, Alkalath or whatever his name is. Akathla. Akathla. Alfalfa, as sure. Buffy would call him. Yeah. But instead, he, you kissed and he lost his soul. So like yeah. he knows so much information. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, what? Okay. He, yeah, he's like a guide, essentially, for whatever reason. He's for sure some kind of supernatural being. Yeah. He did specifically refer to himself as a demon. He to told Angel, Angel yeah. he was a demon, yeah. yeah. But he claims to be a good one. So... Buffy gets pulled over by the police because apparently she's a very identifiable 16-year-old blonde girl. Well, yeah, her, her <laughs> disguise is literally just a black beanie. So, yeah, but they catch her and Spike saves her. Yeah, and I did think, fuck, I should have said at the end of last episode that I thought Spike was going to betray Angel. But like because it didn't, I, nothing in that episode happened around it, I wasn't thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, but you you talked about the fact that you were excited about that happening yeah. when Rain was here. And I was excited to watch it happen as it happened. Too. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty satisfying because they, they foreshadowed that for so long. They did. Yeah. It was becoming like painful almost. Yeah. But so she starts, so Buffy just starts hitting him, which I really liked. <laughs> they were just hitting each other. Well, I thought she was beating the crap out of him and he was like blocking her and he was like, stop hitting me. I'm well, here to make a deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I meant when they were talking. Oh. Because they kept saying shit that the other person didn't like. Oh, and they yeah. They just popped each other in the face every time it <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, you know how super beings interact. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty on point for how that would have gone. Oh, for know? sure. I love how before any talking happens, Buffy just unloads on him. Exactly. And it's like right where it shows where her headspace is at. Because I feel like usually she'll quip and shit. And right now she's just like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And it, and I thought that was that was really in character. I like that. But yeah, he basically tells her that he wants to stop Angel, that he doesn't actually want to end the world. And he wants Drusilla back. All things we knew about him. Yeah. 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 So, like, 
I, I felt like it was an interesting turn of events. The first time I watched this, like, I remember being like, he's evil. It's weird that he's, like, suddenly going to ask the Slayer for help. Part of me feels like he could have quite easily staked Angelus and just gone off with Drusilla. That would make sense. But also, he wouldn't have because he would have showboated it. And right. That's true. Gloated while it was happening. And also, Angel did have other minions. Like, that's true. Yeah, like, I, I'm not exactly thinking the cripple's looking for a 1v10 right. with one specific target you want to kill. But right. now that he's not crippled. Still, even then. like I think now that he's not crippled, he's stronger than any one of the other vassals that Angel has. I think he is too. Yeah, but I'm just he wouldn't that, have been able to go up against Angelus and all of sure, those guys but all I, at but once. But what Stosh was saying is like a sneak attack. Oh. Right, like that's that's how you'd kill him, and then once yes. once he's gone, all the evil vampires are going to follow somebody. I don't think they're so think loyal to Angelus that they're just going to rip Spike apart. I think. Well, because they were originally think, Spike's men. I think right? if he manages to kill Angelus, that's an effective coup. Yeah, I think if he was able to pull that off, with I think yeah. that's a that's as good of an option as just going to the Slayer. I think but so I don't too. think going to the Slayer was a bad choice. I think it's believable that he would go to the Slayer because I think while he would never say it out loud, I think he's terrified of Angelus. I think so too. I do too. Well, and that's kind of what I was leading up to is like I I thought it was kind of an interesting choice, but I also like appreciated the fact that there was this very clear dynamic between Angelus and Spike that like that whole choice and like that whole overarching thing really portrayed back in the hospital cordelia is real supportive and she's gonna get coffee coffee for xander yeah because he is once again refusing to leave a friend's side in the hospital yeah but this time cordelia is like so mature about it and she like was, i think she was mature about it last time too i bring it up to point out that it's in xander's character to stay regardless of who it's for i hold we talked about that, that with chelsea last time yeah that like i was very adamant that it wasn't because he had a crush on buffy it was because they were friends. Yeah. So this just like it wasn't as over the top this time. Yeah. But it still helped drive that point home. But it was super impactful, though, because Xander is realizing in this scene how much Willow means to him. And he's like holding her hand and he's like, I love you. And like realizing how much she means to him. And then she wakes up and she asks for Oz. And I liked that a lot. Yeah, I liked it, too. Savage. <laughs> poor Cordelia, poor Xander, poor everybody. Except Oz. Oz Except, wins. Well, you know. <laughs> but I really liked that. And I liked the fact that Oz was immediately like, I'm here. Obviously, he was late to the party because Xander didn't even think to call him, which is fine in my That's opinion. That's funny. I didn't make that connection. That he was late because Xander didn't think to call him at first? Yeah. I just figured he was off doing other shit. Oh. And then, like, like I figured he ran to the hospital once he heard. Yeah. But, like, it didn't occur to me it could be Xander's fault that Oz was late. Well, because Buffy was like, did you call Oz? And Xander was like, oh, I didn't even think to. I missed that. I missed that as well. Oh, it was when Buffy first showed up at the hospital. Oh. And Oz showed up late, but he was immediately there. And he's immediately comforting Willow. And then it switches to Giles, who's very not okay. That is very true. He's um, about to be worse than he yes, is. Yes, he is. I don't really have anything to say on that scene, though. Other than the fact that Giles is just really not okay. Yeah, but... And Angelus is super evil. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but then it switches to Buffy and Spike walking down the street, and her mom finds her. <laughs> like, right outside their house, I think. Yeah, but it was clear that Buffy's mom went out and was, like, yes. driving around actively looking for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just happened to come home at the same time as Buffy did. Yes. And they make a very bold decision to invite him in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was dumb. Yeah. It was objectively a dumb choice. Like, no yeah. matter what, like, there's no way you can ever guarantee you that. You have to now do a, a, a ritual. Because it's not say, like Spike well, is a good guy. Say, not to mention, the two people that can do the ritual are MIA and in a coma. Yeah. Who's the other one? Oh, Giles and Willow. Let's say which one's okay. MIA and which one's in a coma. Buffy has access to the ritual, so she could, in theory, do it herself. She participated. Maybe. I guess she that's did. true. So I think it, I, that's kind of why I assume she was like, it's fine. I yeah. can fix it. But her mom shows up and she tries to cover it up one last time, but then she ends up just staking a vampire right in front of her mom so she can't hide it any longer. Which is another thing that, like, the outcome from that, I think, would have could have been avoided if Buffy had been honest with her mom sooner. I also agree with that. Well, I, I think it was insanely bold to try to stay dishonest with her wh when they were caught with Spike. Yeah. yeah. Who's this man? Right. <laughs> oh, he's the singer for my band. Like, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. Well. I mean, he does look like a singer in a band, but. <laughs> and that. That incognito beanie did make her look like she was trying to be in a rock band. Not doing a good job of it, but yeah. getting a little more edgy. And then it just like, I guess it, it feels like it just switches to her talking to Willow on the phone. Yes. And uh, Joyce and Spike making awkward small talk, which yes. was very fun. I really liked it. <laughs> I think you hit me on the head with an axe. Or something. Have we met? Oh, you hit me on the head with an axe once. <laughs> and, her, and basically... Buffy and Spike make a deal. Buffy's mom cannot cope. Those, I don't... Has her being a Slayer been super gay-coded the whole time? And I've just been oblivious to it? Because her... No. The, the conversation with her mom was insanely... Yeah, no. Slow. In the analysis, that's like... This whole... That whole scene was supposed to be very blatant coming out it, to your parents' yeah, yeah, vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was. Yeah. Like... I was just wondering if that was a metaphor like a lot before. And I just, I mean, it's not the type of metaphor I often look for because it's just not where my brain's at a lot. So I don't know if I would have picked up on it, but I don't know, obviously. But I do. Th I, I mean, I, I know and it's clear that at least in this episode in particular, it's supposed to be very blatantly like. An allegory to coming out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I haven't noticed it. In past episodes, but I mean, it It could be, it could be. I don't think any of it is as, as blatant as like when Larry came out to Xander. Well, that's not an allegory. That's something. Right. That, that's that's a, literal, a direct that was comparison. That's literally what happened. Exactly. But I, I think that the show started dropping things like that because it was very LGBTQ positive, like straight out of the gate. And I think that there is supposed to be a little bit of that because, like, Buffy feels very isolated. She doesn't feel like she can relate to people around her. And I think that that is all very allegorical. I don't... We don't have to, like, hyper-focus on it. It's yeah. just something I wanted to bring up because it was so clearly the point of the scene. Yeah. I am disappointed because I never noticed that. Really? Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, but that's, I, think, I think about that less than you do. Yeah, like it's I definitely something that, that if biggest someone... blatant part was that. Have you tried not being a yes. yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as you said that, I was, I was like became very clear. Like yeah. immediately, I just it, yeah. Well, I didn't, and it the, didn't click that way for me. Yeah, that's fair. The entire argument that follows is just so. Like, you could very easily replace Buffy with a child coming out as gay to their yeah. parents. Yeah. And like, do you really think I chose to be this way? Do you really think I wish, like, I mm-hmm. I wish I could be doing literally anything else or be any other kind of yeah. way. But I have to be this. Yeah. It's who I am. It's interesting, because, like, in, like, taking the scene in a literal sense, Joyce's reaction makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, taking it as an allegory for coming out as gay, like, makes me, like sad that Joyce would react that way. Yeah. But like, it, like, it's hard to put that on Joyce. Like it's a very powerful scene to see and it's good that they put it in here. So yeah, I don't want it to like look negatively on her Yeah, as much as it just is kind of a bummer that it kind of insularly has to. Yeah. Honestly, like part of me does feel like, and, and maybe this is a projection, but I feel like if Joyce had found out that Buffy was gay, she wouldn't have reacted that way. The way she did with Buffy being a slayer. However, I mean, there's no way to know that, right? Right. There's no way to know that. And it was the 90s. So, so it, like, she it was might a not different. Have, yeah, yeah, it was a different time period. But like, mm-hmm. if they made the show today, I don't think Buffy's mom would have that kind of reaction. I agree. I don't I think that in my head canon is that she wouldn't react the same way simply because the Slayer thing is so dangerous, mm-hmm. like indirectly dangerous that I could I can't see any parent ever wanting that exactly but that's that doesn't mean the conversation isn't still doesn't still work that way it's just it it makes the one one element that's not not a perfect comparison right i i agree so then we cut back to the hospital and willow is like i'm good let's try again yeah willow wants to try again xander is super opposed to it oz has no idea what's going on and then Willow tells Xander to go give Buffy a heads up. Does he? Hmm. I missed yeah. that part. She says, Oz and Cordelia, go back to the library and pick up my supplies. Xander, go tell Buffy that we're going to try again. Interesting. I, I caught Oz and Cordelia needing to go get the supplies. It's very and- important that Willow tells Xander to go tell Buffy it's about to happen. Because he doesn't. Yeah, I didn't even catch that he was supposed to. Oh, well... <laughs> So when he has the opportunity to, it's clear that he's choosing not to. Yeah. I don't even remember him having the opportunity to. Because he says, oh, Willow wanted me to tell you. Kick his ass. Oh, I do remember that. Okay. And he was supposed to say, she's trying to put his soul back. She's going to try again. Okay. But Xander wants her to kill Angel. Angel. That is good to know. It's I'm that's, floored because it was massive <laughs> to me. It's a, okay, like, but it was. I a, get why you didn't pick up on it's it. It's a big. It's a massive deception on Xander's part. Yeah. Right, but it was such a quick line from Willow that. Like, yeah, like, I think it's understandable, especially when you're sitting there trying to take notes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that you miss a like I, one I will or two say, lines. I can tell you what note I was writing when she probably said it, and it was I noticed that Oz immediately said "I'll drive." Cordy's a bad driver. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And that's thanks to Kyle from when he was here and he pointed out that they were always making references to it. That's funny. Yes. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> they finally did it. So I was so hyped about that reference that I <laughs> missed the next sentence and it completely changed the rest of the episode for me, I guess. Yeah. At least Xander's part. Yeah. Yeah. One quick thing. 
Yeah. Well, because it, it's interesting to me because you guys did not think that Xander was overreacting to the whole Angel getting his soul back thing earlier in the episode or in the last episode. We at least can see where he's coming from and think it's reasonable to to have come to the conclusion that he did. Yeah. And like, well, I mean, we were also at least half on his side at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. yeah. But like in that instance, he was like actively deceiving Buffy and it crosses the line, I think, inarguably. So I think there's an argue. I I think it crosses a line, but, but I do think there's an argument to be made for trying to remove literally the worst vampire in existence. There is. I, I, my biggest thing with this new knowledge as I think about it is that I don't think it's ever okay for someone to tell someone else what's best for them, especially outright. So making that decision and deciding he's going to make it so he has decided what he thinks is best is going to happen. But it's also in his head, it's not just him and Buffy and Angel. It's Angelus, who he knows can become Angelus again if he gets his soul back. And he knows that the entire fucking world is at stake right now. Yeah. I mean, so I, I get it. Yeah, so that's... in his head, there's there's a moral justification there. I think again, I think it, it was wrong and he should not have done that because he's deceiving his friend and he did not need to. But yeah, no, that's a very good point, though. I think I, I think that there's it's understandable for him to be in this place as a 17 year old who's just had two friends be killed by this guy. I at least I at least can sympathize yeah. with him, even though I, I think it was fucked up. Yeah, I'm on your side. It wasn't OK to make it that much worse for Buffy. <laughs> it caused her to be completely blindsided when it happened. We kind of glazed over it earlier, though, but Buffy's mom kicked her out. And that was an important point talking point, because at this point, she's got a warrant out for her arrest. And now her mom has kicked her out of her house. So those are two things so far that have happened. That have put her yeah. at an all-time so low. So she can't go to school and she can't go home. No, she. she well, she, she can't go. She can't go to school because she's been expelled. She's, which well, we also yeah. I was gonna say I don't know earlier. that she's been expelled yet. So she's can't be seen around town and she can't go home. And so at this point, she's feeling like really, really low. And Willow tells Xander to go give Buffy a heads up. Um, it does switch to Spike saving Giles's life. By being like, Drusilla, you want to play a game? And then it switches to the scene where Snyder expels Buffy. Because she goes to the library to get the sword. Yeah, so Buffy goes back to the library to get the sword. And Snyder's there and he expels her. So she has no home. There's a warrant out for her arrest. And she has no, no, she can't go back to school. And Kendra's dead. I am so much struggling trying to figure out Snyder's angle here. Well. Because he so clearly knows like supernatural shit happens. And he's like. Obviously, you're innocent, but the police are fucking stupid. So I fucking love that. Yeah. Then he immediately makes a phone call and says, tell the mayor I have good news. Yeah. So I'm just I just don't know where they're they're for sure alluding to something. Yeah. Yeah. That's obvious. I know they are. I'm saying I can't figure out what it is. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's intentional for now. Yeah. But that is something that has consistently been going on since season two, episode two. Yeah. So. But it. Very much came to a head right here. Yeah. Like, it it was very focal. Yeah, I'm with you. So the next note I have just says, that's gotta feel good for Spike. So I jump to 
Spike beating the tar out of fucking Angel later. I don't know if he was going ham too. He was. Like, yeah, he was. Angel gets up from that and he's just like shakes his head a little bit and like dives back yeah. into the fighting with like gusto. Just like <laughs> it's honestly, it's like a mosh pit. Well, before yeah. that, way before that, Drusilla casts a spell on Giles and disguises herself as Jenny Calendar. Yeah, that was brutal to watch. Yeah, it really was. Giles ends up telling them what Angel needs, which is that the blood needs to be Angel's. And then Drew gets really into kissing Giles. So we know that it's not just Angelus that she's willing to cheat on Spike with. I mean, it's arguable that she's just not in a committed relationship to Spike. Yeah, at all. You call it cheating, but she clearly views it as just open game for anything. Yeah, I guess. Because, like, it's not even behind Spike's back. Like, they're both watching it happen. Yeah, it's true. And she's just into it. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say on? Not on that scene. The next thing I have written is Buffy goes back to Giles's house and she tells Whistler, you said I need something else. What is it? And he tells her that if a Kothla, the portal for a Kothla is opened, she will need to kill Angelus in order to close it. Does she specifically have to kill him? Because the way I took that scene was that his blood needs to be spilled onto it. So as long as his blood went in the portal, it could close. Which was very important from the way I took the ending. Because she chose to kill him anyway to fully do that. Interesting. I took it as she had to kill him. She had to send him to hell in order to make the portal close. See, uh, he just said that Angel's blood is the key. Both times. He, hmm. said it was, he said Angel's blood is needed to open the portal and to close it. And he was insinuating that, like, getting his soul back wasn't going to happen. So he said, like, you can basically kill two birds with one stone. But it was not implied the way I took it. I didn't think that he had to die for it to happen if there was any reason to let him just bleed into it. Interesting. So then when you were surprised when she killed him? I spent the entire time wondering if she was going to. Okay. Because I was like, honestly, she probably should. Yeah. But, like, I think that there's a reasonable ending here where she's like, hey, you need to, like, cut your wrists and bleed into this thing real quick. And she decided not to do that and just to send him in. Okay. With a sword. So he was bleeding. Okay. Well, she she's like, I've got nothing left to lose at this point. And that's when Whistler says, you have one more thing to lose. Yeah. And that... But he says it behind her back. She he, hear that. she, that's true. But we can hear it. Yeah. Which is foreshadowing, I felt like, for Angel's death. Then, from there, is when Xander shows up on the road meeting Buffy, and they both walk into the mansion together. So this is the point when Xander says, kick his ass. Yes. To Buffy from Willow, which is not what Willow said, and it's a huge deception, in my opinion. Yep. I didn't think that it was not going to be a general consensus. And then they go in to the mansion, and that's when Spike starts beating the crap out of Angel. And Drusilla is all surprised that he does it. Yeah, she's like, whoa. <laughs> Why would you beat him up? I know. <laughs> He's so hot. <laughs> and meanwhile, Willow starts the spell. Yep. They basically go back and forth between the spell and the fighting. Xander saves Giles. Spike 
knocks out Drusilla and all of the minions die or run away. <laughs> One or the other. I, I think some survived, but it's unclear. Yeah. It ends up being just Angelus and Buffy fighting at the very end. Dean, how did you feel about that sword fight? It was all right. I mentioned to Jess that the stunt double for Angel is doesn't really look like in this fight scene. You can see he's got like a different hairline. That's funny. And like a, a different build. <laughs> but other than that, I didn't mind it. Honestly, Buffy's stunt double. I wasn't double, really paying attention to it either, though. Yeah, Buffy's stunt double is the same. Like, I think you can very easily tell it's a different person if you yeah. pay that's, attention. That's funny. I didn't look for that, so I didn't notice yeah, either I think, one. Yeah, but... I think if you don't look for it, it's fine. But if you do look for it, you'll notice. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just curious because you tend to be picky about sword fights in particular. For some reason, probably because I was just so tired when I was watching this episode, I didn't really try to analyze that sword fight. Yeah, that's fair. I, I enjoyed it. I had, I had fun watching it. And usually it's I feel I like it did action, the job so. well. Like yeah. it, it it was I mean, it honestly, didn't... it felt very similar to the choreography they use in lightsaber fights. Older yeah. ones. Like it wasn't like all fast paced, like Duel of the Fates or anything. But like, it was decently fast paced, but it wasn't like. Yeah, but not like that. Yeah. And like, I don't know. They were clearly swinging at each other's swords, not each other for most of it. Yeah. The typical complaints, but I still enjoyed watching it. I was And oh, and I remember Angel threw in like a spin. Yeah. Like no almost spin. immediately. No spins, but you know, yeah. that I mean, they is don't what bug it is me, in Hollywood. That's, that's yeah. You're going to get those. <laughs> yeah. I know they bug people. They don't bother me. You can do them decently, you know, and add drama that way. And yeah. you get some of that in like Star Wars and Revenge of the Sith, but yeah. At some point during the fight, Angelus does activate and bring forth a Kothla. I always thought the portal was a little underwhelming to like visually for what they were. Yeah, well, that's because it's twenty-five-year-old CGI. <laughs> I think. Do you mean like the speed at with which it is destroying the world? Because that's what I found underwhelming about it. No, I oh. I. Based on the way they were kind of describing what would happen, I thought the fucking stone demon was going to turn to flesh. And, I did too. And he was going to have, you know, magic. I didn't think he was going to like take one bite at a time out of the planet. But like, I definitely thought he was going to like, like you said, turn to flesh and yeah. start walking around. But I did. I basically pictured him just opening his mouth like Kirby. Yeah. Just like sucking shit in. But. It, it was fine. I didn't hate it. Worked it worked out. It, I Again, it's one of those things where I think they didn't really put it a ton of effort into that because it really wasn't important to what they were trying to say. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. But And then Willow completes the soul rein, the re-ensouling spell. The curse. Yeah. And it's like, she gets like possessed. Yeah. Which is kind of a trip, but it's kind of neat at the same time. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Angel has his soul again. He doesn't remember what's going on, which tracks because in the flashback, he it took him a second. Yeah. When he first got re-ensouled. And uh, he and Buffy have a really emotional moment. Which it was so bold of Buffy to not just assume he was fucking with her. Yeah. Because, like, she was about to win. Yeah. And that's definitely some shit he's pulled on her already. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that she, like, stopped and, like, heard him out and believed him. I was like. She's. She. It, I think it's because of the ring. 
She's seen the ring earlier in the, I forget if it was part one or part two. It was part one. But she had a cause to remember how good it was when it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she hopes for it. Yeah. And then she, she kisses him. She tells him she loves him. And she kills him. Brutal. And he gets sucked into hell. The, the rest of the episode for me was just like a big ball of heartbreak. I love it. Can we just discuss how how much different it is for Buffy to kill Angel than it is to kill Angelus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she went there for one thing, and and the the gumption it takes to do that. Yeah, like, it was insanely impressive. Yeah, like and comparing the two season finales that we've had so far. Oh, this one's leaps and bounds better. Yeah. I think oh, she yeah. she died. Allegedly, in season one, and this one was just so much more emotionally heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Well, so in the last season finale, she died, but she came back to life, mm-hmm. and they killed the the enemy. Yeah. So like, it was it was a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even though she died, she overcame and triumphed, yeah. and everyone was stoked, and things were on the up. This is mm-hmm. different. Yeah. This is the Empire Strikes Back. They <laughs> saved the world. But yeah, and it and I, I remember particularly feeling that it was so well done because of the beginning of the episode when I wrote those notes like the gang's all here. Everyone showed up like they were all having a great time and like it showed like really how close they've all become and how bonded they were. And it felt like especially that opening scene in the cafeteria when Snyder's like, it's not an orgy. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he uh, they're all just so organic. It Mm -hmm. just felt so real. So the end of it being such a downer like feels so real. Yeah. It's, and uh, just narrative sad narratively satisfying. Yeah. Like it's like you were talking earlier both of you about the fight how I didn't like it cuz it took me out but like you said you didn't enjoy the emotions you felt but you enjoyed that it made you feel and that's mm-hmm. how yeah. the ending hit me for sure. Yeah. This- it made me feel it makes me feel like the characters are real people and then I and then I can care about them. Yeah. Yes. This season finale, like part one and part two, like this is the point where I'm like, if you didn't enjoy these episodes, Buffy's not the show for you. you yeah, yeah <laughs> like, definitely. Like, and and it hits me in all of the right places. And that's a lot of the reasons why I think season two is like peak Buffy. You get more of that. But this is like the first time you really feel it, in my opinion. Everything she went through through the whole season of loving Angel, falling in love with Angel, losing Angel, dealing with the fallout of losing Angel, dealing with the consequences of her guilt, coming to terms with it, realizing that she has to do what she has to do, then having to face the fact that she has him back for a split second before she has to actively make the choice to choose the world over what she wants. Like... After the world's already rejected her. In every sense of the word, which this is like... A lot of the analysis, <laughs> but I don't care because it's this this episode is just so everything. They, <laughs> they did a wonderful job of taking all of the the concepts concepts that they've been setting up all season and making them all come to a head at once in the same episode without it being like choppy or rushed. It was just very smoothly integrated into a seamless story with an ending that 
was not expected, I think, by basically anyone the first time. I don't see how you expect going into to part one of this that at the end of part two, Buffy's going to be so broken that she just decides to leave. And without even saying goodbye or anything. Yeah. Um, also, earlier you said she was kicked out of her house. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking that fight ended with her storming out, not getting kicked out. And it was probably both. I missed her mom said, out. if you leave, don't come back. She, she said, okay. if you leave this house right now, don't even think about coming back. Gotcha. And okay. she left. Anyway. So it's she did okay. storm out, but it's okay. there's an element there. I I Joyce either... really, really fucked up. Yeah, she yeah. did. A hundred percent. I guess I just don't take that seriously because well, like, I think parents are always going to be welcome. I Buffy would. It makes sense. I'm not saying anything you've said prior to this was wrong. I'm just saying why that didn't stick out to me as the conclusion of that scene. Well, and I think it's clear that Joyce didn't mean it at that time. But it also is one of those things where with Buffy's mental state where it was, like, it makes sense why she just was like, all right, I'm not coming back. Like, and and how she was feeling so rejected and so isolated and so alone in a way that she's never felt before, despite all of the times that being the Slater made her feel isolated and alone. I think she's putting it together in the final scenes. That nobody told her they were going to do the the thing. And I think she might blame them. She's sitting there like. I think that's a possibility. She's sitting there thinking they did this to me. Yeah. Made me have to to sacrifice like that. That's yeah. true. I didn't think about that at all. It, it just kind sense. of popped into my head. Um. Okay. And that kind of concludes the summary and the analysis. Should we move into the pop quiz? 